Well, greetings to each of you, and welcome to The Shakedown, a podcast about corrections for corrections and by corrections. I am your host, Aaron Dawson. Good to be with you this week. I hope that you're having a good week. I hope that things are are looking good for you, and there's there's things that you can find to be positive about. Uh, This week, I want to kind of carry on with the uh, the topic or the thought that we started talking about uh, last week, talking about skills or or mindsets that as supervisors we need to have. You know, uh, as as we hear from people around the country. Um, that staffing is becoming a continually bigger and bigger issue. I know I've heard from some agencies uh, they're not having staffing issues, and to them, uh, hats off. That's awesome. I hope that continues for you. Uh, but for so many agencies, uh, staffing continues to be a problem. And, of course, whenever staffing is a problem, we have to ask ourselves, why is staffing a problem? Now, it could be financial answers. There could be a host of, of potential causes for that. But I can't help but think that a contributing factor in a lot of cases is that uh, we make a habit as law enforcement uh, officers and, and agencies of promoting people to supervision positions without providing them with sufficient training on how to effectively supervise people. You know, we're great at, at teaching the, uh, teaching our, our officers the hard skills, you know, the things that we need to function in a corrections environment. But when we move to a position of supervision, our primary role is, our primary responsibility is our staff. That's our primary responsibility. So that being said, what skills do they need? What skills do we need to, to fulfill our role as supervisors, to to provide what our officers and what our staff need. And so we started last week talking about this, uh, talking about that the first thing we need to make sure we provide for our officers or those we're leading is our expectations. What is it that we expect of them? And we and we, we provide that through our training. Uh, we provide that through our, any information that we give them. We provide that through our communication, our regular communication. And so we need to make sure that they understand what it is that we expect of them. And then secondly, we talked about last time uh, that they need to hear some positive things from us. They need to hear some some encouragement. Now, I'm not talking about that you got to go hug and slobber over your officers on a regular basis. I'm not talking about that you got to be disingenuous and and everything's got to be uh, positive and and you know so forth and so on. Because there's some stuff that happens in our facilities that's tough. There's some mistakes that are made that we have to address. There's discipline that has to be handed out, no doubt. But if the only time they hear from us is when uh, it's negative, then psychologically they're going to equate our presence with the negative. And that is not something uh, that we want to take place. That will not be conducive to effectively uh, operating as a shift or as a team. So picking up with that, I want to talk about the third thing that our officers need uh, from us. And um, to kind of introduce this thought, I want to, I want to ask a question. Uh, as a supervisor, what is it that is a big deal to us? What are our priorities as supervisors? What is it that, you know, that, okay, there's some things about, you know, the job, there's some things about our shift, there's some behaviors or some practices that, okay, we may not be thrilled with it, but, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, if, you know, there's, there's some people, you know, that they have some idiosyncrasies or they have some personality traits that, you know, doesn't thrill us, <laughs> but, but it's not a huge deal. What is it that is a, big deal 
to us. Follow-up question. Do our responses to issues, whatever they may be, do, does our response to those issues, does it match the level of the importance of the issue? Because here's the problem. If everything is a big deal, I mean everything, doesn't matter what it is, Every time something happens, we explode. We scream, we holler, we sling chairs. We make a big deal out of it. If our level of intensity is not managed correctly and everything is a huge deal to us, you know, I immediately I go to, you know, the minds comes to mind is if you ever watched uh, footage of, of the basketball coach, um, Bobby Knight, if you ever watched him coach, I mean, it seemed like on the, on the side of the court, everything that happened was a huge deal. I mean, he, there was never a time where he was just calm and relaxed. Everything was an explosion over there. If that's us, if we're those type, if that type of supervision, a few things are going to happen. The first is more than likely our staff, our officers are, are not going to communicate minor issues to us when they when they confront or they come across a minor issue they're not going to bring that to us because they're fearful of the fact that we're going to explode and make a big deal out of this so rather than risk the explosion rather than risk the yelling rather than risk the high intensity over this low issue they're they're not going to come to us with it they're just going to handle it on their own. Now, there are some things that, sure, we want them to take some initiative and we want them to handle some things on their own. But what about those things where they're not sure how to handle it and they would like some guidance, they would like some input from us because it's not something that just normally happens? Well, instead of coming to us because they're fearful of our response, they're either just going to handle it on their own, which may not be the way we want them to handle it, or they may just ignore it entirely and hope that it goes away, which, newsflash, 100% of the time, it does not go away. So that's the first response. If our level of intensity is too high, that's their first response is they're not going to bring the minor issues to us. Second response is our staff are often going to become overly anxious because it's almost like it's a constant risk of an explosion. It's a constant risk of, man, everything looks good, everything looks fine. I mean, sure, it's a jail, so you got those little minor issues that pop up every once in a while, but it's a jail. So we're rocking on good, and, you know, hey, we're, we know what our, the expectations are, so we can act with confidence. Rather than that, they're constantly living on edge because they never know when the next little thing is going to come down the pike and we're going to explode over it. We're going to be in their face screaming at them. We're going to be telling them what a joke or what a failure they are or, or how incompetent they are. Or why didn't you see this or why didn't you deal with this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to live with this constant anxiety level being higher than it needs to be. And, you know, working in a jail is already an intense environment. You know, we always have to be on guard. We always have to be, you know, checking checking our backs. And we always constantly have to be uh, watching for um a threat from a direction that maybe we weren't expecting. So there's already a level of intensity internally that goes with working in jail. The last thing we want our officers to do is to have that same level of anxiety or maybe higher level of anxiety based on our presence, based on what it is that we want. If our expectation 
whether it's communicated officially or not, is perfection, we're going to have a high turnover rate on our shift or in our area of responsibility because people cannot exist with that level of anxiety for extended periods of time. They just can't do it. They're going to burn out. They're going to request a transfer. Uh, they're going to want to go to a different area of the agency or they may just quit and go on and do something else. And so we have to keep that in mind that when, when our level of intensity is too high, they're not going to communicate minor issues. They're going to become overly anxious. And the third issue that's going to show up is they're going to assume that we are only concerned with ourselves and how we look. If you've ever made the statement, look, whatever you do, don't make me look bad. Now, you may be saying that funny. You may be saying that jokingly, or you may be saying it from the perspective of, okay, look, guys, you're not going to be the one that gets the phone call. From the administration, you're not going to be the one that gets that gets fussed at by the administration. They're going to come at me. They're going to come at me and go, "Hey, why did this happen? Or why did your officers? Or why did your shift? Why did why did they do it this way?" They're going to come at me, even though I technically am not the one that did it. So that may be your mindset. You may be saying, "Look, stay sharp, pay attention to details. Don't make me have to get a phone call and defend something or take the heat for something that technically." I didn't do. And though that technically, that that specific mindset, that may be legitimate. But if every time something small happens, we explode and we, we accuse them of, of making us, as in me, as in you, as in the supervisor, look bad, without even realizing they're going to assume that all that matters to us is how we look. And guys, the truth of the matter is... <laughs> We work in an environment where stuff happens. We work in a building full of people. Most of those people don't want to be there. They're not interested in it. They're not excited about it. And they see as their primary role causing problems, which means problems are going to happen. Mistakes are going to be made. Officers are going to have to make a split-second decision, and at times they're going to make the wrong one. That's going to happen. Mistakes are going to happen. Those are training issues, opportunities for us to say, okay, I see what you did. I understand why you did it that way, um, but I hope you realize now that wasn't the way you needed to handle it. Look, here's what we need to do in the future. Here's how we need to handle this in the future. Rather than exploding and talking about uh, you know, how ridiculous, how incompetent, how they made us look bad. Whichever the case may be, whether it's they don't communicate minor issues, anxiety level goes up, or they feel like we're, we're, we're narcissistically only looking out for ourselves, the results of all of these are negative. So what they need from us is a consistent and realistic level of intensity. The fourth uh, thing that, that our staff need from us is they need some transparency. They need some transparency. Now, there are some things, it is true, there are some things that, that are our responsibility as supervisors. There's decisions that have to be made. There's, there's interactions that we have to have. There's, there's pieces of the puzzle, if you will, that our staff don't need to know about. <clears throat> that just comes with supervision. It, it's our, our role. It's our burden, if you will. It's our part of the, uh, it's our responsibility. And they don't necessarily need to know all about that. True. That's a fact. That's a fact. But, 
there are a host of things that would be beneficial for them to know. You know, as a as a warden, uh, one of the things I try to do is is when it came time for budgetary requests, you know, come time at the end of the fiscal year and we're putting in, we're submitting our budgetary request. I tried to make it a point that any line officers that wanted to see it had the opportunity to see what it was that we as jail staff were submitting to the sheriff for them to submit to the commission, what it was we were asking for. Why do that? Well, throughout the year, you'd have officers that would come to me or stop by or you know see me in the hallway and say, "Hey, you know, what do you think about this? I think this would be a great idea if we if we went to this training or if we looked at this equipment or if we made these adjustments." And sometimes they were great ideas. And I say, you know what? That's an awesome idea. I'll submit that with this next budgetary request. Well, I wanted them to know that I did, in fact, do what I said I would do. Now, did we always get everything that we asked for in our budget request? <laughs> Absolutely not. Of course not. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a county. The sheriff's office is a part of that county. And the jail is a part of the overall sheriff's office. So, yeah, we're only going to get a piece of that financial pie, so to speak. And not everything's going to get approved. But I wanted them to know that I asked. Uh, when changes were needed to be made, you know, maybe it was in, in the shift structure, or maybe it was who was assigned where, or maybe it was the way we staff certain things. When changes need to be made, uh, and or maybe they're being considered, and why they're being considered, they deserve to know, okay, this is why we're considering this. This is what's prompting this. And and you know, these are the challenges that we're facing. These are the, the things that we've got to address, we've got to deal with. And you know what? I want you to know this is what we're facing. This is why we're thinking about making these changes. And it may be even, you know what? What is your input on it? Because the truth is, whatever decision is made, they're going to be the ones that have to carry it out. Now, is their in input going to always be? Uh, is it going to be good input 100% of the time? No. Our ideas aren't, aren't good 100% of the time. Well, I'll speak for myself. My ideas aren't good 100% of the time. Yours may be. And if that's the case, man, that's awesome. But anyway, they need to be a part of that process. Or when mistakes were made by leadership, if we expect them to own their mistakes, if they expect if we expect them to be honest with us, if we expect them to trust us and come to us and say, hey, look, I messed up. If we expect that from them, should we not be transparent and provide the same thing in return? That's a matter of respect. That's a matter of respect. You know, as a, as a shift supervisor and then later as a warden, uh, I would tell all the new officers that if I was a supervisor that came to my shift or as a warden uh, when they started their, their, their job at, the, at, at our facility, I would tell them the same thing. I'd say, look, if, when you make a mistake, because you're going to make it, it's going to happen. When you make a mistake, own it. Be honest about it. Go to your supervisor because that's a training issue. When you say, look, I messed up. How can I do better than I did in this? That's a training issue. That's being honest. That's being transparent. But then I look him in the eye and I tell him, but if you lie to me, I will fire your ass. And I meant it. And there were folks that were for me that were fired because they were dishonest. Because as corrections officers, we have to be able to trust each other. Because there may very well come a time 
when my life is in your hands or vice versa. We have to be able to trust each other. And if I expect them to be transparent and honest with me as a supervisor, should I not also be honest and transparent with them? So guys, these four things, expectations, making sure they understand what it is we expect of them, encouragement, again, not slobbering and hugging all over them and throwing parties and trophies, et cetera, but just, hey, when you recognize something they did that was awesome, that was good, that was right, tell them, hey, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Maintaining a, a uh, consistent and rational level of intensity. The big deal, sure, let's, we need to make a big deal out of it. But if it's a little deal, it's a little deal. Leave it there. And then fourthly, transparency. Guys, if we will provide those things for our staff, if we will provide those things, I want to tell you, our officers are going to trust us. And when it gets hard, when things get difficult, that trust is going to pay dividends. Well, guys, I hope this has been helpful. I hope it's been, if nothing else, it's been thought-stimulating for you as we, as we think about being supervisors. And for those of you that aren't supervisors, but yet you're listening to this or you're watching this, hey, take some notes. Uh, be making some plans. How can I apply these things when I'm a supervisor? Well, guys, until the next time, uh, you stay sharp, you stay safe, you stay vigilant. Godspeed.